What is up, everybody? It is another Thursday. It is time for the Hard Rock, Hard Rock Lunchbox. I think I'd be able to say that by now. The Hard Rock Lunchbox and the Top 20. If you thought you were only getting one for the price of one, well, who feels foolish now? Yeah, still me. Yeah. <sighs> it's like a quiet start today. If I look awful, it's because I... I am awful and feel awful. I'm definitely under the weather. I'm sorry. I know I feel like I say that all the time. I don't mean to. Uh, it just sort of happens. Dealing with some medical stuff that kind of sucks all the fun out of living, but, you know, <laughs> nothing major. I'm going to try and make my way through another, another show. Um, so... I was going to talk about some stuff today, um, and I was going to do some housekeeping, but I realized that I left all of my housekeeping information over there. So I guess I'm just going to wing it. Yeah! <laughs> it was so funny. I don't know if anyone remembers, but a couple weeks ago I was doing a thing where I was like pretending to like be asleep and snore on the, <laughs> on the microphone, and I, and I said something about that being like the, like the most viewed top 20 ever. Well... <laughs> it got, it's definitely it's definitely the fastest growing episode so far. I don't think it's the snoring thing, but it would make me laugh if that were the case. So I want to thank everybody for listening and sharing and doing all that other stuff whenever you can. So thank you uh, for that, uh, for sharing the top 20 to all your non-top 20 and doctrinated friends. Um, yeah, I do not, like I said, I do not have my housekeeping. So last week's episode is... Um, is out on YouTube on StrangerHood TV. You can check that out. Please like and share and comment if you want. I'm actually going to read some of the comments that uh, Bill and I were kind of going back and forth with on there because I think they're uh, interesting and pertinent to the general discussion that we do here on the show. Uh, I don't have any idea who the guests were on Baker's My Podcast, but I do know they did the road trip episode like while they're actually on a road trip back from uh, D.C., which I thought was kind of cool. So check that out. That's Baker's My Podcast. Dropping uh, more uh, podcasts than absolutely anybody on the station. So Generally speaking, if you just kind of look at the station, there's a good bet there's a bacon. It's my podcast episode out. Check that out. Um, I am so unprepared. I am, I, I, like I said, like I'm definitely dealing with some medical stuff and it's kind of throwing me because I'm just moving slower. But man, I am having so much trouble dealing with the daylight savings time change. Like I am so over it. Like I'm glad that it's making its way through Congress to try and like get rid of that. It is literally one of the stupidest things that like we collectively do. Like aside from like watch season 95 of American Idol, like the daylight savings time thing really is stupid. And I understand that it has some rationale. Uh, and did have some rationale, but, like, it is so goddamn disruptive to everybody. I mean, like, who here really can just handle an hour change in their sleep cycle, like, overnight, right? Like, it's, remember, it's one night. Like, you, you, you have to adjust that. Like, you've heard of something called jet lag, right? Like, they have a name for something that causes that sort of thing. You change, change time zones. I mean, literally, you're going back and forth from, like, here to, like, I don't know, Indiana. Like... You know, and your body's like, cool, This uh, what are we doing? This is earlier or later than it was the day before. It messes me up every year. It makes kids sick for school every year. And I do and I do understand, like, there's, 
And it's funny, too, because if you look into the argument, there's like a lot of information uh, and a lot of opinions about, like, should we stay at Daylight Standard? Should we go to Daylight Savings? Like, what should be the permanent one? And no matter which one you pick, somebody else has a contra opinion to it, which is fine. I mean, like, they're not... It's none of the arguments like, well, that's the way God intended. Because as soon as you throw that into the mix, like I am out. Like, just, don't speak for God. If he wants to speak to me, like right here. Like, hey God, it's me, Margaret. Like that's that's kind of like I really did have so much so much to talk about. I will say this one thing. Uh, the one one of the things. Well, okay, that's not true. Several of the things I did not do to get to get ready for today's show. One of which I wanted to talk about uh, Tucker Carlson and Ron DeSantis and their doubling down in their willingness to just blow Russia for all the great stuff Russia's apparently doing in the world and how none of it really concerns us. Like, of all the short-sighted things in the world, like, these are the same people that thought that, like, Germany's aggression during World War II wasn't something that, was, that should concern us. Like... Like, they're talking about, like, seriously, DeSantis doubled down and said that Russia and Ukraine are territorial disputes. Russia invaded Ukraine. Like, it's just that simple. Like, it's not a territorial dispute. They didn't have any, like, votes along the, you know, the, the eastern front there about joining. I mean, don't forget, like, Russia just took Crimea. And the world kind of backed off of it. So what did Russia do? They took more. They tried to take more in Ukraine and had enough of it. But these dudes are like, no, it's just a territorial skirmish. Like, dude, like, seriously? Like, it's so annoying. But I didn't want to really get into so much political stuff. But saying that, I do have one more political thing to say, and I don't have all the details in front of me because I didn't prepare for today's show. Uh, but there is a group out of Texas that is uh, that has filed an injunction in Texas against the FDA uh, about this, the one of the abortion pills and stuff that's available everywhere. Like, the FDA cleared it. It's an abortion available. Um, it's an abortion pill. And in your state, if it's legal in your state, you can get it. Like, first of all, I'm not even getting into the issue of whether or not it should be legal in all the states. Like, that that's a different show. I've had that show. I'll have it again if necessary. This is... If it's legal in your state, like it is in New York, well, then you can get this pill. So what these dudes in in Texas did is they found a Trump-appointed judge. Uh, and not that that has anything to do with this specifically. It just happens to be that was willing to hear this case because they're trying to enjoin the FDA from saying it's okay. But they've already done that. And the, and the group that is doing this is, like, so Republican and so conservative and so anti uh, woman's right to choose that they're literally trying to stop the FDA from clearing it, which would prevent its sale in all 50 states, including the ones it's legally. Like the fucking balls on these assholes in Texas, not only stepping on women's rights, like like that's first and foremost, but also they're trying to influence other states and what other states can and cannot do. This is a sect, a cult in Texas, right, that has decided that abortion is wrong for them, which is fine. Decide abortion's wrong for you, by all means. Do not make that decision for everybody else. It is not your decision to make. It's super simple. But they are actually looking to get it to enjoy, to get this judge to enjoin the FDA so that the FDA will not allow it for sale in the other 50 states. So when people are like, 
Oh, well, that doesn't affect me. This is, you know, in Texas or whatever. Like, just just know, like, this affects you because these assholes are completely emboldened and feel completely empowered to try and force changes on your life in an entire country away. I've been screaming it from the rooftops for decades. These people are not interested in freedom. They're only interested in whatever they want. They, they want to do what they want to do, and they want you to do what they want to do. Like, that is bananas. And for all the bullshit talk about the woke people on the left, who honestly, all the triggered on the left, I've really just had enough with them. But, like, for all of the complaining from the right about the triggered and woke on the left, like, nobody is more triggered and nobody is more woke. And not the real woke, the quoted woke than people on the right. Religious conservatives on the right are absolutely the worst people in the world. And certainly no one should, no, none of them, none of them should be taken seriously in terms of what they say. you got to watch what they do, and this is currently what they're doing. So, big fun, good times, all of this. Um, yeah, Mr. Walkway. <laughs> Mr. Walk Down Me. Uh, so, I wanted to pull up, I wanted to pull up last but let me pull up this specific thing. We're, we're live on air, and that's uh, that doesn't. Let's see. Uh, okay, Strangerhood TV. This is how easy it is to see stuff on Strangerhood TV. Watch StrangerhoodTV.com. Carry the one. Uh, now, What's up, friends? Uh, Top 20. Um, I gotta find it. So, excuse me. I almost oh. died on air. I bet you that would get what five views, right? Hard oh, no. Rock. Uh oh. Yeah, I don't know what to do. Uh oh. So bad. Okay. Uh, yes. So, this is what I want to talk about. So, alright. So, I was talking about, I was kind of like, I guess this is the top 20, uh, number 115. So this is from March 2nd. So I'm talking about, and if you, you want to play at home, just go to strangerhoodtv.com. It'll bring you right to the YouTube page. Uh, go to the top 20. It's tr- the top 20, number 115. Um, so I'm talking about, like, uh, I'm following up on what Mikey had said on Big as my podcast about um, the, the, the kind of the quality control that's that's uh, important or missing from local original music. And um, I've, you know, I've been saying that for a long time. It's part of my discussion, like, why I think bands need a producer. Uh, I don't understand why bands put out, like, such garbage sometimes. Like, if you have ears, you should be able to tell if what you're putting out doesn't sound like something else they're putting out. Now, remember, when I started this this show, one of the, one of the fundamental tenets of this show is the fact that the bands that I was playing with and associating with were just as good if not better than a lot of national acts and as such I thought I could just play them side by side which is why you know when when I have a lot of music flowing in here it used to be like 50-50 in fact that's probably the average it was probably more local music than it was national music because I liked it better but a lot of the local bands now like first of all there's, there's definitely been a there's been a decrease in quality local music, or at least quality hard rock local music. Let's just say that. There's definitely a lot more urban. And I, I know I sound old saying that, but I don't know what else to call it. Uh, there's a lot of stuff that's like not not appropriate for the station. There's a lot of um, 
there's some electronica, there's some dance and stuff like that. Like, you know, I'll play that on occasion, but it's not really the bread and butter here. The point is, is that back then, like, every other song was basically a band that was putting out new music that was local, that was really good. And if I didn't tell you, you wouldn't have been able to tell. You wouldn't have known that it was not a national act, right? And that was the point. Now, I get stuff in here all the time. You just play it. The quality alone is so bad that you know it's not a national act. But also, like, the effort put in and, like, you know, how it's performed and stuff. So, like... I've been talking about quality control because of that, because it's an important part of uh, the, the whole thing. Like, you know, when people like original music isn't as good as national band music, if you're talking about it in its entirety, yeah, that's true. There's a lot more local original music than there is national bands, because only the best original bands become national, right? That makes sense. Um, you know, it's kind of like the weeding out of, uh, of, of bad stuff and that's that's fine like I have no problem with that but um, I think what's happening lately is that without that check of quality control from from anyone really it's it's just it's just getting worse and and, uh, and the only reason I want to read this specifically is because I thought I nailed an analogy pretty good and I don't do that all the time so I was pretty goddamn proud of myself and I figured I'd share that with everyone um, by the way, this has only been out for a week, and it's already at 53 views, which doesn't sound like much if you're Joe Rogan or Tom Scarra, but, like, you know, for me, it's a pretty big deal. And, yes, this is the one where it looks like I'm falling asleep and snoring. Um, so Bill uh, commented on this, and I'll just paraphrase some of what he's saying. Uh, local music can become national acts, but the way the industry is set up now, it's nearly impossible. So many talented acts that if this were the 1980s, they would be wined and dined by record producers and the agents just to get them to sign. Now they will often ask for recorded material and video submissions prior to even attending a show. No whining and no dining either. Um, yes, I have lots to say about that. Um, there's more. Uh, there's more. Streaming has changed the way we take in music. If I had it my way, I'd get rid of streaming except for the content that a person owns. At least the artist would make some money that way. Okay, so there's there's that. Um, we hear... Okay, so here's the part where I actually step up on what I'm talking about in terms of local music. Uh, and like I said, like I think I made a pretty good analogy, and it involves empanadas. And like honestly, who doesn't like empanadas? So I thought it would be So basically what I say is this. I do want to be clear, however, in my assessment of the local original music scene, because I truly do not blame the venues uh, and bookers entirely for this. Yes, I think they are lazy and want to take ticket guarantees over doing the work of making a good show, but still the fault does not solely lie with them. There is a big argument to be made that the simple demographics of our native area, here on Long Island, are primarily small-minded people that suffer from the back-in-my-day complex and simply will not, not cannot, but will not, get out of their own way and enjoy something new. Talked about that ad nauseum on the box. You see it everywhere you go. People are like, oh, they haven't made good music since the 70s, 80s, 90s, whatever. Like, they don't make good music today, blah, blah, blah. That's all, that's all complete horseshit. We all make, all the good bands are making all the good music, and I can prove it because we have sales, we have streams, and all that other stuff. What, what people are not doing is giving things a chance, and the reason they are giving, giving things a chance is because nine times out of ten, the music that they're giving a chance to is garbage. And so they cannot be fully slammed in their opinion of it, and that's kind of where the, the 
empanada comes in. But I go on to say, but but I believe the biggest offender here are the bands themselves. In my entire career, I have never heard such a large percentage of untalented individuals getting together to release, quote, music. And I'm not talking about different styles I may or may not care for. I'm talking about the sheer disregard for things like production quality, songwriting, and anything resembling proficiency of the instrument they are playing. If you cannot sing in tune or play in a beat together or string words together to tell a story, you should not be releasing music. And if you can't do those things and also cannot perform while live in a live setting because you don't rehearse or just otherwise suck, then I think it's time you spare us all from your vanity project, which is all it is at that point. They are ruining it for every single hardworking original musician, and it's time they stop. Now that, we're getting to the empanadas. Please be patient. That's an important point, right? If you really don't have the, your own quality, and these are things that are not necessarily subjective. That's why I make the point between like different genres. Like, yeah, I don't like a lot of country music. I can recognize a good country song and will often argue that a country song is a good song, but I don't like it, so I don't listen to it. But it doesn't mean the dude's singing out of tune. It doesn't mean the band isn't tight. And it doesn't mean there isn't really good production quality on there. And a lot of these people who I don't like put on apparently amazing shows. Like, for example, like, I am, this is, this might be controversial, I am not a huge Bruce Springsteen fan. I like him well enough. I don't know that I've ever gone out of my way to hear a Bruce Springsteen song. I may or may not have turned one off, you know, like if it kind of comes on the radio, if that's such a thing. But, like, I don't play it here, but I hear they are absolutely legendary live shows. Like, just legendary. Like, people go, like, the dead, they'll see, like, three nights in a row because they're that good. Like, at some point, if you do, even if you don't like the band or the musician, you got to take note and be like, what the... Like, he must be, like, doing something amazing for that to be a thing. And, like... That's cool too, but what I'm saying is that, you know, if you're if you have if you're lacking in a quality product and you also do not put on a very good live show. Now I know lots of bands that um, like they don't rehearse a lot. It shows some of the members are just the members you can get. Like I get that too. Like I really do. Like a lot of bands are trying to do stuff. Like when I was kind of just sidelined without a band, like that was that was a tough thing and i definitely could see the appeal of like i just want to play live so i'm going to bring in billy you know to like play drums or whatever even though he doesn't know the song i mean the closest i ever came to that sort of thing was one night at beery's and we had um noodle was sick i think with the flu and chris waterbury like volunteered like day of like i'll play that for i'll play the show for you but like Waterbury is a uniquely, exceptionally gifted musician and, like, band member anyway. Like, his level of dedication is pretty intense and something to be kind of admired and looked upon as as almost like a role model for, for, for some, for other, for w what other people can contribute and should feel about contributing to their band. And that dude sat and just learned the songs, and I don't even know that I went to rehearse with him. I... I think he just learned it, like, on his own, and we went live. Like, dude, he was playing that better than most drummers I see in their own bands. Like, that's the kind of stuff I'm talking about. Like, that... Like, if everybody could do that, then we'd all be fine. But that's also, like, a level of, like, studio musician and preparedness and, you know, understand, like, 
My point is, is that if you have a band that's like barely a band and you're bringing that out live, like how do you think that's going to go over? I mean, all conceit aside, like one of the things that that people remember about Rebel Nine is how tight our our live show is, and that's because I've been playing with the same musicians for years. Like the value of the the relationships, like as much as we fuck with each other, like we all play well together, and there have been problems along the way that we and a, a lot of me have like sought to address because. You know, like we had, we definitely had a drinking issue early on, and I just told the band, I was like, you're never better drunk. Like, you just aren't. And once they kind of realized, like, oh, yeah, we, we kind of suck when we play like this way, that problem went away. Like, so we address these things as they come up so that our live show is really very good. In fact, the one thing that's been vexing me lately is that my current weight and, like, state of, like, perpetually bad health, like, I am not nearly as active and energetic as I was, say, three years ago, like, pre-COVID. And not that it's the end-all, be-all of the show, but I am highly aware that it makes makes a difference. But, but alas, time for the empanada story. Or analogy, or whatever. Doesn't really matter. So, yes. So I'm blaming bands that have uh, really bad quality of song, quality of material, and then go up and perform it badly because their bands aren't very good, right? So that's that's the stage for this empanada analogy. And if you don't believe me, picture the empanada analogy. I wonder how. Like, are we doing a drinking game? Like every time he says empanada, like you got to take a drink. Like, ding also not a horrible idea let's say you've heard empanadas are good they are you've heard it you've heard it here (laughs) let's say you've heard empanadas are good but you've never had one you go to a diner and you have an awful one i would imagine then you go to a gas station and have an even worse one finally you microwave one from 7-eleven and you throw up you've now had three really shit empanadas and are are likely to never have a fourth that makes sense, right? I'm already on board with this analogy, right? If I've had, if I've had three horrible empanada experiences, my brain is going to register empanada, bad time, equals vomit, move on. Let's get a Hot Pocket. Nothing wrong with Hot Pockets, right? Just if you're American, right? So empanadas, if you're American, Hot Pocket. How's that? <laughs> for, for <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> but if only really good empanadas are available... You'd never have had those three shit ones. But your opinion is now that empanadas are awful. And that's what's happening here. Really shitty original bands are flooding the local scenes, not just ours, local scenes, because they can bring 20 of their friends that have nothing better to do than go out and see some shit music. Because it's not about the music for them. It's about going out and drinking and smoking with their friends. Which is fine. If you're, like, between 20 and 29 and you need to kill some time, going out's a perfectly good way to do that. Like, there's nothing wrong with that. Even older, there's nothing wrong with that. Like, but those people that are doing that, that are going out and seeing their shitty friends play music, they think that's what original local music is. They think that they think that, that is what local original music sounds like. And they are never going to even get to my really fucking good empanada. And that is my empanada analogy. My empanada empanology. Heard it here first on the bottom. I think there's some merit to it, not just because I said it, but if you think about it, 
you think about all the local bands you've seen, and I have seen thousands, how many good ones have you seen over that time? Like, statistically. And then think, how many really, like, really good ones have you seen lately? It's not as high a number as you want to believe. It just isn't. Certainly not a tidal wave of them.